0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to yet another episode of Period Sis, brought to you by none other than the official box owner brand. I am your host, Mandy B, and I am excited to be joined with yet another guest who is here to share her tale of womanhood. And today we are talking about the gift that keeps on giving. And no, it's not the box. Uh, we are talking about herpes today. So Carolyn Tony, who is my guest, is not only a herpes activist but an author. And today she cha- she shares her story with living with herpes, dating, and also being a member of the lifestyle community where she is poly. And again, just speaks about her experience going through this cruel, cruel world, being herpes positive. So I'm super excited. Without further ado, let's get into the show. It is another tale of womanhood, for women, by women. Mm. Mm. Hey, butthole, what's up? Girl, did Bobby Skeltis ever end up letting you have sex with him? Why now? Oh, OK, good. Laura just told me he has herpes, so. Well, no, that, that is a big relief, because no, I did not. Okay, no, I just wanted to let you know. Oh my God, no, 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 oh my God, no, 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 please, God, let me not have herpes, please. Another, I am joined today with Carolyn Tony, who is an author, a blogger, and a herpes activist. You heard it right. She is a herpes activist. Carolyn, hi, thank you for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me absolutely absolutely now we've spoken before but for the people who have never heard of you can you tell us what a
1: herpes activist is so a herpes activist is pretty much a person who goes around talking about having herpes while also dismantling and breaking the stigma um based on what a lot of people believe that herpes is or how you can contract it we just pretty much spread the facts and let people know that is actually more common than the people like to think and that it's not the end of the world if, and you do, if you do catch it.
0: So let's start there. Mm-hmm. What, how old were you? Do you know, you know how you contracted it? What was it like to hear of your positive
1: diagnosis
0: of HSV? Yes.
1: So I contracted it, I want to say uh, now a decade ago. So I got it like, like 24, 23. Um, it was a shock for me because I was in a monogamous relationship and we used condoms. So all of the things that I thought would not have happened, happened. And it was just really rough at first for me to get like over that initial hump. But, you know, I did. some, I made some choices that may not reflecting on and out weren't the best decisions. But at the same time, I lived and I, I learned as I got older and I learned to do better and make better decisions and pretty much that was, that was like the roughest part of the situation was just trying to find out how to get back into a sense of normalcy and realize that it wasn't the end of the world with this virus. So how did that conversation
0: happen? Did your partner come out and tell you he was positive or did you go and get
1: tested and find out you were positive? Actually, we were together for six months. We broke up. Okay. We actually, he just like kind of ghosted. And a couple of weeks after I got my first outbreak and I was like, well, what the fuck is this? Because I'd never had anything before. So I thought it was initially an ingrown hair because it looked like minuscule. When when you Google herpes, it doesn't look like what mine looked like. And I was like, well, this can't be herpes because it don't look like that. And so I went and got tested and they were like, oh, it's, it's herpes, all right. And it took actually a lot of my recovery process was realizing that I was, cause I was originally, I was distraught about it. I was hurt. And then I was just like, whatever, it is what it is. Three months I went back and got tested and I told my new, I had a GYN that I normally went to, but I didn't meet her that time. And I expressed to her, like, you know, I just got diagnosed with herpes and she was like, well, we may not be able to guarantee who passed it, but we can narrow down the window. So she did the blood work and that was three months after my initial swab test came back positive and my blood came back negative of herpes. And I was like, hmm, this is weird. So I went back another three months after that. So now it's six months since my swab and that came back negative as well. It took nine months for my blood work to show positive for herpes antibodies. So when I realized that all the things that I thought I could have had control over really meant that I had no control, I kind of like gave myself some slack because... Had I, had he gotten tested and he may have gotten tested and his results may not have had herpes the same way mine didn't have it for nine months or his test results may not have included the, the screening for a period and he might not have known he had it regardless. So it was a lot that I had to relearn about all that I thought I knew and what I had based my prior opinions on when it came to living with herpes. So, yeah. And
0: so you find out you are are positive at 23, 24, um you're no longer with this old partner. How do you move forward and what was that transition like into dating um, with the status?
1: It was tricky. So <laughs> the biggest part and the part that will probably get me the most dragged is that I didn't tell my partners at first. and a lot of reasons okay. why was because one, my doctors never told me that I had to. A lot of doctors still don't. And I had a friend who had a history of cold sores and Knowing the virus and the DNA of the virus, it's the same thing, whether it's up top or downstairs, it's the same virus and it can still transmit both locations. So when I asked her about how she handled the virus, she said, well, she didn't tell them and she just didn't abstain. She didn't engage during outbreaks. And I was like, okay, well, that should work for me. And for a while I did that and it did work. I've never passed the virus to any of my partners, but over time I learned that that was not the best way to go about it. And I started telling people eventually. And I went back and told my partners before, and I was like, hey, by the way, and that was actually the roughest part was going back to tell people. I was gonna say,
0: (laughs) what was that, like, what was that journey like going back and
1: telling previous partners, and what were their reactions? It was very difficult. but the crazy thing was when they all came back negative after negative after negative and this was like years later. So if you would have gotten it with me, especially during that first year, you would have gotten it. Like it was because the first year's normally when you're most when your body's adjusting to it, so it's the most active and you're the most shedding, all of these things. So every time I got a negative and negative and negative response, I was just like in my mind, I was like, well, I did something right. And also, they were just like, you know, I didn't catch it. I wish you would have told me earlier, but I understand why. And, and again, it was me learning through the process. It wasn't like I, if I knew I was having an outbreak at the time, I didn't do anything. So in my mind, if I'm not having an outbreak, the chance of me passing this is very minimal. So I moved with that. And I, and like I said, as I got older and as I heard other stories, I learned to like tell up front and be upfront about it. And it's been the best decision ever.
0: And so, like you said, herpes is a lot more common than a lot of people think. And even what you mentioned, of course, for whatever reason, cold sores have been normalized. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my sister got them very young. And so it is something that is possibly not transmitted sexually, um, which a lot of people just automatically assume it's an STD. Um, You actually can get it different in different ways. You can be born with it. Mm -hmm. You can get it from touching different surfaces. Um, And so... I wanted to have this conversation with you because for those of you listening you may not know but carolyn is a part of the lifestyle if you're not familiar with the lifestyle um Go ahead and explain what part of the lifestyle
1: (laughs) you are into, ma'am. So I am, in addition to being herpes positive, I am non-monogamous, polyamorous, and bisexual. So that means I like both men and women, and I enjoy having sex with my partner and other partners, and I enjoy being watched while I have sex, and yeah, all of those lovely things.
0: Okay, so now we have to talk about Mm -hmm. it. How are those conversations, now that you're not only... Out front um, and known as an activist um, and speaking on destigmatizing uh, herpes. What are those conversations like with members in the lifestyle, and how were you able to get over the hump to even get yourself
1: into the lifestyle with this diagnosis? Yes. So, the initial, so I am a huge person. So, when I want information, I always go to Reddit. Um, Reddit, I found to be the most honest. They don't lie to you and they give you shit straight like they and, and you'll get a mixture. You won't get all toxic. You'll get like a good balance. So when I decided that I wanted to when I decided that I gave up on monogamy because for, for so long, monogamy just wasn't for me. I tried over and over again. There was always something that I felt was missing or always something that I felt that I couldn't live up to. I wanted more. And I took a nice long break and readjusted my life to realize that maybe monogamy was never for me. And me also wanting to explore more of my sexuality, finally becoming comfortable with it, I went to Reddit, asked them a bunch, of, asked a bunch of people the question, like, "Well, how would you feel if a herpes positive person came into the lifestyle, into the group, into a party?" And they were like, "Well, as long as they told us, we would. As long as if they knew and and they told us, great. But we also know that because testing isn't always accurate to what's happening inside your body versus what's detectable." they understood that there's a risk that something may happen. And even with herpes, it's skin to skin transmissible, which means condoms won't always protect you either. So it was like a grain of salt. I felt that I got from the response. So pretty much the first party I went to was at Caligula and I wore a bracelet that said herpes warrior, wore a necklace that her that said herpes positive. And I got there early, so I engaged in conversation with two guys. I ended up, and I spo- explained my virus, I explained how I protected my partners, and the second partner I ended up playing with the entire night. And it was fun, I was able to have so, some great sex, I was in a threesome, I ate some pussy, I, it, was, it was fantastic.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this, um, in that conversation, how do you protect
1: your, your partners? Yeah. I mean, pretty much it's been 10 years that I've been positive. So I do the same thing I've been doing for so long. I just, I'm really alert when it comes to my body. And so if I feel the slightest bit off down to like me feeling like I have a cold, I won't go to a party. I won't do anything. I'm completely like, get away from me. Um, I have outbreaks maybe once or twice a year and they're always like the most mild thing possible. Like I've had yeast infections stronger than my my worst outbreak. That's how mild they are for me, but I pay attention to them. I use condoms, but because my area of direct virus and my outbreak area is not internal, it's actually where the pubic care is. So a condom doesn't protect that anyway, but I still use them regardless because I just don't randomly trust somebody else's DNA in mine. But yeah, that's Absolutely. pretty much what I do. I just tell them that I have the virus. I use, when I, if I know I'm going to a party like a couple weeks before, I will take antivirals, but I normally don't take them in my regular life as I don't have outbreaks frequently. And that just works for me. I, my partner is, we've been together for a year and change now. He's still negative. All my, two of my other partners are still HSV negative. My partners for 10, 15 years are still HSV negative. So All that I've been doing is working so far, so no need to change it now. So let me ask you that as
0: well. You have multiple Mm -hmm. partners, um, and they are HSV negative, but have you ever sought to have a partner that was
1: herpes positive as well? Mm -hmm. I did for a little bit. Um, I want to say in about 2017, I was like, again, still on the monogamy side of things. I was just tired of like having to have the conversation about, by the way, I'm Purpose Positive, Purpose Positive. I got tired of doing it. So there is a site called Positivesingles.com and it is a dating site for people with, living with any kind of a, um virus that is incurable or can re- can recur again over and over. Um, I did seek dating on that site, but it was just the same bullshit as dating outside of it. It was the ghost thing, people who... Claimed- really? Oh God, it was... The, the the men who were liars, the men who were married, the men who just wanted to fuck, like, it was just... It was a hot... And again, in my mind, I'm thinking that they want a relationship, they want to settle down, and all of these things, but it's just like, well, that's not the case. They want to engage with other people. They just want to do with someone who's already positive. You know? And so I had... Asked, it took... It was, gotcha. it was a lot of ups and downs. I... Eventually, it became so expensive, I'm like, it was $35 a month. And... Yeah. $35. Oh yeah. That, that's
0: definitely steep for
1: a, a dating app. Yeah, it is. And especially considering that there was very little interaction, like you had to, you had to engage via the app to actually communicate with people and to message them back and forth. It was, it wasn't like it upgraded your status. It was just like to even talk, you had to have one, of you, one or both of you had to actually pay the membership. It was, it was not, again, some people have found love on it and it worked for them. But for me it was not the wave. So I did what I did. outside of sex
0: and dating, mm-hmm. how did you find the confidence in yourself to not view yourself as damaged or unworthy yeah. for love? Uh, I I feel like a lot of times um, when women do find themselves either infertile or with herpes or or have an a, an something an ailment that deems them as trash, which again, <laughs> this is society, oh, yes, this is yes, not yes. my take at all. I want to know how you found the confidence in yourself to look
1: past what you knew others would think of you. Well, it's a little backstory to that. So I want to say when I was around 14, I used to be a cutter. I used to cut myself and I had a lot of self-esteem issues back then. This is way before I had herpes and I had a counselor who she was she was like a breath of fresh air to me. She inspired me to love myself and to not allow people's opinions to think to, to matter to me so much. And years later, when I contracted herpes, it was just like, I know I don't want to go back down the deep end. I know that I have I had great friends. I still had a great family. I still was getting hit on. So it's just like I realized that all of the shit I was carrying was in my mind. I was still meeting people who wanted to fuck the shit out of me. I was still having great relationships, but I was doing it more on the law. I would like, wait till I, wait till you really like me. And then I would tell you, it was kind of like, I need to make sure I have this concrete at first and then I can weigh this bomb on you, hoping that you won't blow the fuck up and walk away. Eventually like, yeah, that's a toxic way of dating yeah, in it, general. Oh, yes. It's exactly is. So it took me a while, but it really came down to me realizing that I'm not toxic. It is something that I have, something that a lot of people have. Right. A lot of people, like you said, are born with it. They get it as kids. They get it from forced acts. They get it from consensual acts. They get it from a kiss from a mom. Like if if a mother can kiss a child, that is the most innocent thing she can do. But she passes the child herpes. Is that wrong? Like it's So it, it kind of just reevaluating my mind and just realizing that this virus at the end of the day is a human virus if I was a piece of scrap metal I wouldn't fucking have herpes but I'm not I am human being and shit happens there's you can do everything under the Sun and it won't make a difference there are virgins walking around with herpes today so it it really did all of the realities and just really educating myself allow me to just have confidence in myself again and the main thing was just being in so many shitty ass relationships. Like, just the guys who just and a whole
0: lot of women are in those without herpes. Oh,
1: exactly. But you know, <laughs> just... is the comfort of knowing the is you know the devil that you're with, and you kind of become complacent with that. And then when you have a virus. Okay. Or there's a comfort involved where he takes care of you or, you know, you you don't want to date somebody else. You make you try to make justifications for the bullshit. And eventually I got tired of justifying it. Like I always say the turning point was when I said, um, I can't be in a bad relationship and have herpes. So since I can't get rid of herpes, I'm going to get rid of the guy. And from that moment on. Every time I went into anything, I had to go into it with 100% confidence that I'm doing this because I want to be here. Every decision that I make is because I want to make it. So if something doesn't work out right, in the end, I did it because I wanted to. There's nothing worse than giving yourself to a person and loving them for years. And then if they decide to walk away saying, I gave my life for you, I did this for you. Uh uh-uh. I'm doing it for me. And at the end of the day, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm enjoying everything from the beginning to the end until it's not enjoyable when it's not enjoyable that's when I say deuces
0: that was so beautiful (laughs) Carolyn thank you seriously Um, and I think that that's the important part I mean regardless of what you know your ailment may be if you have any I mean again I've had conversations with women who have fought PCOS infertility Mm. Um, and, and just so many things. I have a friend right now battling breast cancer. So it's also just dating and, and also not feeling like a charity case. Like I'm, I am a human being. I have feelings, um, and you can look at me and treat me as such. Um, what I love is not only how open you are about your journey. Um, again, and I introduced you as not only an activist and not only a blogger, but an author. And I do want to talk about that because, again, with something that a lot of people would see as life ending to their sex life, you've embraced it and have really um, honed in on your sexuality. And you now have written a book. So can you talk to me about what that book is about Mm. Um, and if, in fact, you do
1: pull from any of your personal experiences? Oh, so it is all of my personal experiences. This, okay. it is, so it, it's pretty much as, I'll show you the picture. It is from behind the glitter curtain. Hold on, right there. Now, mm. what does that mean
0: to you? What, yes. what is the glitter curtain?
1: So glitter is, if you ever, if you ever buy something with glitter on it, right? You've realized that you can wash it, you could throw it away and you always find glitter. It <laughs> never goes away. I used to work in retail and the minute Christmas came around, all the glitter would be there until the springtime and all year round like we haven't had silver glitter in here for three years what is but you'll still find it that's like herpes it will keep coming when you least expect it it pops up like on a birthday on vacation i brought herpes in with the new year like it is it will forever come back and it won't go away so a lot of us in the herpes positive community we like call it like it's it's the glitter or they call it a gift or We call like people who don't have it muggles in the term of Harry Potter, like magic and muggles, whatever have you. We have ways to try to make light of the bad situation or the correct, more the unfortunate situation that we're in, right? So the from behind the glitter curtain was me just stepping out from behind the curtain and just stepping in front and saying, I have herpes, but I'm okay. And you can be okay too. I love that. Um, and so which
0: stories, I mean, um, can you think of that were really good in the story? Oh. Without telling us the whole <laughs> book, of course. Yes. Uh, but share with us with, if someone was interested because maybe they just recently found out they're positive mm-hmm. and they feel down on themselves. Can you share what some of these stories entail yeah. in, in your book? Yeah.
1: So the book overall, it actually is a journey of me from be, me being, me first starting, what, what inspired me to start writing my book and my blog. And then I go into herpes, like within chapter two, it's like herpes right there. Um, oh, right I don't, in your face. Right in your face. And so pretty, cause it's, cause it's in your face sometimes, it's right there. So pretty much, <laughs> so pretty much um, I discuss, you know, if anybody who's newly diagnosed, the best, I, I go into detail in chapter nine, where it's more becoming an activist, where I break down just all the ways a person could contract herpes, the, the lies that we are told about herpes, the commercials that, you know, make cold source seem like you just put a little cream on it and go about your day. And they don't tell you, you... can you,
0: Mm -hmm. can can you actually tell me, can we get into maybe that, what are some of the maybe top myths about Mm -hmm. herpes?
1: So the one top myth is again, we get the idea that we get tested for everything when we ask for everything. Right. And you and herpes you do not. Exactly. I learned that. You have to either ask for it, request it, and depending on where you go, some places don't do it. I've had partners whom once I became a pre disclosure, I would say, Go and get tested, make sure your herpes negative, or at least know where you stand, right? And they would come back saying, Oh, they don't act they didn't test me for that. And I'm like, Well, did you ask? They're like, Yeah, they said, we don't do that. So they were denied testing regardless of how many times they asked. That wow. so that was like the first thing and then Knowing that, so one, that when you ask for everything, you're not tested everything, right? And then a lot of times people also think that if you have no symptoms, you also don't have herpes, which is not true because there are many people who may have had a cold sore one day and then never have a cold sore for the rest of their life. They still have the herpes virus, but they just don't have symptoms of it. And a lot of times people assume that... A big the biggest one is I know the people that I sleep with so therefore I don't have herpes because they don't have herpes but like again there are many people who have this virus and never con- and don't know don't know and again because we've conditioned our minds to believe that herpes is these ugly cluster blisters that hurt and all this other stuff there's some people who just got a cold and that was how herpes affected their body like it didn't manifest into the cluster of blisters that we know so Think about it. if you go on a trip and you come back out of town and the weather has changed, but you had a balling ass time at that trip, right? You wouldn't think that this cold is related to you having herpes. You would think, oh, I'm just a little sick. And then you say you sleep with someone a couple of weeks later who's, say, immune system is a little bit compromised or for whatever reason, they may have waxed or shaved or their skin is a little bit more susceptible to something. You can very well pass it to them. And the problem with the narrative is that we always assume that whomever we had last had sex with is automatically the person that gave it to us or the person who we approach and say, well, you gave this to me and their reaction is what is confirms that they're neck, that they were the ones who gave it. When the reality is if you came to me telling me that I gave you something and to my knowledge, I didn't have it. I'm going to deny it because I don't know that I have it rather than making it a conversation of when was the last time you got tested? You know, I just came back from the doctor and X, Y, and Z happened. Maybe you should go get tested too. You know, I just, so for me, it's the, a lot of the p- book is me really just um, make pushing the narrative that sex and sexual health for men and women and everybody in between is a two-way street. You have to Absolutely. want to know my status as much as I want to know your status. Like so many people are like, you should just tell, you should just tell. And that's true. We should tell. But why do you not want to know at all. Like, why do you not care to ask the question? You know, we right. have gotten, so I mean, I comfortable think that, that's that. from
0: fear. It's not even comfortability. I think it is also the fear. Yeah, I think it's the fear of the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the fear of being held accountable. Because you, I don't think we view sex as literally having someone's life in our hands. Yeah. Um, and that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I, I think that we do often view sex as fun and entertainment and, you know, even just something to make the time pass or a connection. There's a lot of things that we look at it as, but we don't look at it with the responsibility that it really holds.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We all, uh, we, I used to go to support groups when the world, before the world shut down and, um, one of the girls made a comment. She's like, you know, when we all have sex, we are all signing an invisible contract. We just have to read the fine print. And a lot of times we don't read that fine print. If you see a sign that says up to, in small letters, 50% off, all we see is the 50%, but but despite how people feel, almost every single one of us have gotten some form of sexual education, and on some level, we all know that sex carries some risks, so if we start-
0: Carries a lot of risk, a
1: lot of risk, right? But you know, a lot of people, it, it, don't think
0: you that. risk your heart broken, <laughs> mm-hmm. you risk pregnancy, you risk an STD, you risk wasting your time yes. with a partner that is just not for you. I mean, there's a, a, a ton of risks involved that I don't think we look into it. Um, someone else, um, that is looking forward to maybe reading your book and going on that journey with you in hopes of healing themselves. Mm-hmm. What else can they expect? You said you gave us like the top myths. We, you share your stories. Mm-hmm. What, what else is offered in, in.
1: So there is a lot of leveling with people that dating can suck. It is. So it's really just like me. Imagine you're sitting and down with your best friend and she's telling you all the shit she's fucking dealing with when she's dating. This is the book. So you're like, bitch, this happened? Bitch, that happened? What? No, he didn't. Oh, no. Like, this is the response that I wanted. And so far, that's the reaction that I have been getting from people who have read the book. It's just really imagine, like, your best friend just shooting a shit with you. And that's how I wrote the book. That's how I want people to feel. And it's quick stories just really from the heart. And it gets a little spicy sometimes because I definitely did not shy from the sex. There is talk of dick there is talk of sex there is talks of threesomes and like i went in on it but i just really wanted it to be i really wanted to approach the topic of herpes but not make it a self-help about herpes because i'm not a self-help guru by any means i'm just telling you my life and maybe there is something you can get from out of it so there's Erotic is it's like, and that was the difficult part is trying to categorize it because it's not an erotic novel But there definitely is a lot of sex in it. It's not self-help, but it can be self-help in parts it is woman empowerment because I'm just saying fuck you to the societal standards of one person forever and do this and be this girl for him and Be your be, and, and tone down this for like I say fuck you to all of that So it's a lot of different things under the Sun, but I think there's something in it for everyone
0: I love that. Normally, before we uh, get out, and I I, am—I definitely want to connect with you to make sure I include some real necessary stats Mm -hmm. because I like to end off with stats and facts. But with our guests, I love for them to end off with a tip. Mm -hmm. What would be your number one tip to someone who just recently found out they were HSV positive? Whether it was one or two or eight, I think it goes up to eight. But what would be your tip to someone who just found out they were positive?
1: So my biggest tip is to take time to heal. This virus, I mean, dating period, and then dating with this virus is difficult as fuck. We are always, so society makes us feel that if we're single, if we're alone, that something is wrong with us, right? And when you get this virus, you rush to be accepted, you rush to have somebody to be with, or you either slink in and don't wanna be involved with anybody. For me, I said take that first, and they don't tell you this, but when you're first diagnosed, most likely that first year is the year that you're most likely, your body is adjusting to the virus, your body is you know, most likely to shed, so therefore you may not know if you're having an outbreak. I say take that year to learn your triggers. Learn what makes your body react negatively to the virus and just find peace. Your completion should be within yourself no one who enters your life should complete you you should be complete when you walk in the door and then they help your cup to overfill i personally was in a lot of shitty relationships because i wanted to be accepted because i had this virus and a lot of us Mm. will find ourselves herpes or not but especially those who have herpes we will i always hear well he accepted me or she accepted me and do you even want to be with this person Are they really what you really want? Or because they're accepting you, you're putting them on this pedestal because they gave you the time of day. I was in a toxic relationship and he wasn't like physically toxic. He was just like, he was a narcissist. He was a narcissist. He was a fuck boy. He got his own damn chapter. That's how fucked up he was to me. (laughs) But a lot of it was- I hate that
0: all of those toxic (laughs) men in our life have chapters in our book. He
1: had a whole goddamn chapter because I learned- as troubling as the relationship was, I learned so much when I exited it. I put myself first after him. I couldn't do it no more. I was like, bullshit. Because it was a pattern, but he just happened to be the one that helped it sink all together, right? So, my again, my it goes back to take time to heal yourself first. Do not Absolutely. enter a relationship not being 100%. Because people who are fucked up will seek that. They will find that out in you, and they will latch onto it, and they will take advantage of it. I got scammed because I was still looking for someone to accept me. And I didn't realize it. And I didn't realize even after the toxic fuck ex fuck boy of an ex, I didn't realize that I was still seeking acceptance until I got scammed. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> what really, what am I doing? Right. And then it connected. Like, I need to put myself first. I need to stop looking to be accepted. I need to accept me. And then once I accepted me, my whole fucking life changed. Like everything changed. I've now have, I'm in love. I have two relationships beyond that. I have great sex. I have great conversations. I have great people in my life. I have my family that's always been loyal. My friends have always been ride or die. Like things are changing in my life that I didn't foresee happening. And it really happened when I started putting myself first and not letting herpes affect me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So my book is available from behind the glitter curtain is available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles and Apple Books. Um, my website is carolyntony.com. And if you go on there, you can click and their books are available for purchase there. My blog that I write weekly is on, is at talesoftony.com. And pretty much that's just me discussing what's happening in my life every single week. It could be sex. It could be activist work. It could be anything under the sun. It's just really much how I feel and just me wanting just to get my feelings out there. And yes, I'm available at Instagram, Tony, Twitter, Carolyn Tony, T O T, and Facebook, Carolyn Tony. I try to keep it the same and consistent because creating a new IG handle was, I'm like, I'm not doing that. It's too much work. It's so hard. (laughs) It's way too
0: too much going on. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me. And guys, um, as you know, I am also one half of the Horrible Decisions podcast. And if you want to hear more, Carolyn Tony was a guest on there. I will also include the link to that episode in the description of this episode as well. Carolyn, thank you so very much. And box owners, stay tuned for some stats and facts about the HSV virus. And yes, girl, I see your hat, girl. (laughs) Shout out to a a real whore hive member. And I got the box. Uh.
1: (laughs) The herpetic virus can be transferred from a person's mouth to the other person's genitalia or from that person's genitalia to the person's
0: now I truly don't believe I'll ever get over the vulnerable the vulnerability and strength of the women that join me on this podcast seriously uh shout out to Carolyn Tony I also want to go ahead and reiterate that you guys can now purchase her erotic memoir It is called from behind the glitter curtain and you can get it on amazon now it is back up again that's carolyn tony uh she is the author of from behind the glitter curtain you can get that now on amazon make sure you check it out the link for that is in the description of this episode i truly want to thank each and every one of you guys uh for tuning in here week after week after week and of course if you also listen to my other podcasts, this is so different and i i truly do appreciate the support that you guys are giving myself and the official box owner brand um you didn't have to be here but you are as always i want to leave off with a little bit of stats and facts now of course this isn't to an alarm anyone it is just to inform you um but according to the cdc Nearly 50% of black women ages 14 to 49 have genital herpes. Um, That is actually the herpes simplex or HSV2. Um, It is also the most commonly transmitted uh, infection in the United States. Something else that I actually found interesting is that the probability reaches anywhere from 50 to 70% um, as possibly getting or transmitting Uh, the herpes simplex virus um, due to the fact that it is a skin-to-skin or skin-to-mucoso transmission, which means this is actually an STD that you can get uh, even if you have protection. Another thing um, is that we've normalized, and, and we talked about this, We've normalized cold sores. Cold sores actually is considered HSV-1. So it is a form of herpes, which is possibly why if you go and get tested for STDs, they're honestly probably not going to test you for HSV uh, because I believe there's about eight strains of HSV and everyone lives with at least a certain percentage of it in their body so again you could possibly have herpes um, but it just may lie dormant in your system and if you've ever gotten a quartz, a cold sore sorry um, that is actually a form of herpes this is something that I definitely believe you should do your research on always 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 less fearful to learn about, um, a lot of these things instead of just fearing them. Or as a lot of people know, uh, there is no fear in the unknown. And so unfortunately there are just so many people who are not getting tested or knowing what is going on with their body. And again, here at period sis, we know that whatever is going on in your body whatever's going on in that bathroom, whatever's going on in and around your box will definitely impact how you are in the bedroom with your partner or even if you're with yourself, if you're masturbating. So we know the importance of that. And I'm definitely again, just so happy that all of you have joined me for this show week in and week out. Don't forget, join our mailing list over at officialboxowner.com and make sure you follow us on all social media platforms we are at officialboxowner on instagram and at oboxowner on twitter also do not motherfucking forget yes i said the motherfucking go ahead and leave your reviews if y'all were able to snatch up your boxes and i'm super 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 excited Again, join that mailing list because we are dropping official box owner boric Acid Suppositories as well as official box owner Apple Cider Vinegar Gummies. We all know the benefits of Apple Cider Vinegar and now I am bringing it to you in a very, very, very way more digestible way because they are delicious. And then the boric Acid Suppositories, those are for those of you who battle with BV, yeast infections, UTIs, um, or just have imbalanced phs often i'm super excited we'll be doing more education regarding it as we approach our launch and i'm super excited so yet again thank you guys for joining me for this episode of period sis i'm your host mandy b thank you guys so much